What's up, guys? Another episode today. This is going to be with J.D. Cobb from Drawback Outdoors. <clears throat> so, before this episode starts, I just want everybody to know that there are going to be some controversial things we talk about. Um, also, some exciting things that will be mentioned later on in the episode. I just want to say that, that you know, in this episode, I'm not trying to knock anybody or say that, you know, what we what we're doing is better it's just kind of we and we say this in the episode but we know what the the local people want or really what the people want and we feel like we can provide that um i'm not saying any of this stuff to step on anybody's toes you know i i I know that there's people that have done some work for me that have been in the the industry and have been shooting and working on stuff a lot longer than I have. But, you know, this is something that I honestly obsess over. And it's, it's something that I just, I had to get it off my chest. I I, I just had to say what I said and sort of get it out there. And, and I don't know. I mean, maybe, you know, maybe I shouldn't have, it is what it is, but I just try to be as transparent with everybody that listens to this as, as I can. You know, it, it's it's not it's not a dig. It's not anything other than just speaking the truth. And like I say in the episode, who knows what really happened. But I just wanted to say that to clear it up and say that, you know, I respect everybody that's in this industry. I respect everybody that does work for all of the bow hunters in, in Georgia and throughout the country. And everything I'm saying is with the most respect I could possibly have. It's just, you know, after after a couple of things that have happened over the past few years with some specific work that I've needed to be done, you know, it, it kind of, it, it was, it, it's just, it, 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 I'm not going to say it's the last straw, but it's, it's the, this is the tipping point. Um... You know, we we both feel like we can bring better service and quality to anybody that, that trusts us with their equipment. And, you know, we both work full-time jobs. We're both constantly busy. But at the end of the day, you know, it, it if you trust us with the product that you bring to us, we will make sure that it's done to, to your satisfaction. Um, this isn't an ad. This is just kind of me clearing the air. Like I said, I just want everyone to know that we we are trying to make it where we can do a good service for everybody. Um, and if this whole thing becomes controversial and you know blows up, then it then it blows up. I don't think it's going to. I don't drop any names. I don't call anybody out. I'm not saying anything bad about anybody. It was just. It's time, it's time to kind of, I guess, take things in our own hands. So hopefully you all enjoy this episode. Um, a lot of good content, a lot of good information, some good stories. And, you know, like I said, just some exciting things. So let's get on with this episode with J.D. Cobb from Drawback Outdoors.
Hey y'all, this is Eric and you're listening to Southeastern Bowhunter Podcast. Alright, we got JD Cobb from Drawback Outdoors. What's going on, buddy? How's it going, man? Eh, can't complain too much. It's been one of those yeah. one of those days. Yeah, it's definitely been one of those days. Mm-hmm. We got a we got a lot to talk about. And yeah, I think we before we get into it, we probably need to I guess we can go over our season if you want. Kind of what's what's been going on. And then uh, uh well, kinda like your season probably, not a whole bunch. Uh, yeah. much of chasing whitetail, but nothing ever happening. Well, I mean that's not entirely what's, true. Uh, as far as like your season, what's been your biggest issue or whatever you've noticed? Shoot, man, my biggest issue? I mean well, I guess we'll start from scratch. So, like, the first sit over in Monticello was good. You know, I saw about seven deer, saw some young bucks fighting each other, saw old doe run them off. It was honestly pretty funny. And um, then the second week of season, I killed pickles, and I thought it was going to be, like, just a complete, you know, blowout season, like, killing hopefully four deer. You know, God knows what it was going to bring. Pickles, yeah, man. man. He, was, he was a good-looking deer, but I was like, man, I, I've seen, I've seen all your pictures, so I was like, I know there's some big boys out there. I was really pulling for you after that. Yeah, and like I was honestly just sort of waiting for the rut to hit, and then you know I thought, I thought, okay, there was a big deer last year, you know maybe he'll show up, and then he never showed up, but then Tank showed up. So Tank was like, as you know, and pretty much everyone else that's listening knows, Tank was like my main deer i mean i yeah. i was pushing off other hunts just to try and kill this guy and i never got the chance <laughs> and better man than me dude it i mean it, it it was just it's so annoying because you know i never knew much about this deer and then it's my first time like him showing up on this property and it was just uh it was exciting you know it was very exciting but he he's smart man like he he's probably about four and a half i would guess and yeah. he just he got me and the neighbor both riled up to the point where we literally that's that's the only deer we wanted to kill, you know? And yeah. like it just killed me when I would literally like I would literally go put feet out and that same night he would show up and then I would you know, have a whole plan, like I'd see what the wind was doing, I'd see what the temperature was doing, the the um pressure and all of that. And I would go in thinking, all right, this is it. And he, he would just never show up. And then the one time he daylighted, um, at least in my spot, he, of course, doesn't when I'm down in Savannah. And yeah. I, there's nothing I can do about it. Yeah. So he, he, he took me for a ride this year, that's for sure. Hopefully yeah. next year, I mean, he's been sort of sticking around. I haven't seen him in a couple of days, but, you know, it, it doesn't really matter right now. It, it's kind of... I need to just keep him around, and then early season next year, because I think I think at my uh, spot in Monticello, it's an early season place, and you know, I mean, you went with me, you hunted there. Um, yeah. Those deer are coming from a long way, you know. They're coming from like they are man. seven, eight hundred like, yards. You, you having to basically throw a damn trot line out there and try and pull them in? They're they're coming in from a while away. Yeah, I mean, it, it's after Robert killed that that little fork horn and we got to see like how much 
land there is and really how far they were coming just from his spot because he's probably I don't know what would you say like 400 yards from my spot and I probably wouldn't even say that far honestly really I mean well I mean you gotta think it, it's downhill so it's just That's like true. the new age rangefinders now that do the art yeah. you know because it's not a straight line so yeah I may you know from the stand that I was sitting at I mean yeah you were probably 100 yards from me but the stand I was sitting at, granted, he was downhill a while, but it may only be two, three hundred yards. Yeah, yeah, and that dude, that whole thing, man, that was that was probably the sketchiest hunt I think I've ever, or hunts really that I've ever been on is when he was back yeah, there. Yeah, that was kind of crazy. Yeah, I I, uh, I didn't know it was like that until I sat that stand the first time, and then I looked to my right and I can see him walking in, and I'm like, oh, well, this is. Oh, this okay. is bad and then we basically <laughs> we basically had a grunt contest the entire hunt oh, never that's saw funny. anything that's funny yeah it was, it well, was hey, weird, you, know, that, you know if you work the right wind and all that kind of stuff that could actually work to y'all's advantage if y'all team up together because it's not just you know you're not trying to intimidate all the deer out there all the bucks with just one grunt call you've got now a couple of different grunt calls and y'all could you know that that grunt too. You could actually change the pitch on it. Yep. And have a have an older and a younger buck out there. You know, talking together. That's definitely gonna entice them more. Yeah. I mean, what we were doing that hunt. Um, so I was like you said, probably about two hundred yards from him, and I could hear him grunting. Like he he he's actually pretty smart with with his entry. Like he rode his four wheeler up, which I've always thought you know was gonna scatter the deer, but right. you know he's killed some good deer in that spot. So I mean, apparently not, but. He shows up and he's grunting while he's walking in, and yeah, I'm like, man, I do that the same thing in my spots too. Yeah, he uh, he does that, and then I don't know, maybe <laughs> once every hour he would he would grunt, and then I would hit the bleat can because I'm like, okay, if he's if he's doing that, he's doing tending grunts. I'm gonna right. hit the bleat can to try and piss off Tank, and I mean, nothing ever came of it, but I think next season, I mean, I don't, dude, next season's gonna be interesting because. That uh, that ghost blind I bought just came in today. Yeah, yeah. So, so tell me a little bit more about that. Is it? Is, I don't know. It looks small, but then again, it looks like it works perfect. I don't, I don't know. I, the jury's still out on that. I so from okay. the videos and stuff, it looks like lights out, like the best thing on the market. But then, and I'm not knocking them because I haven't used it yet. But I set it up in the yard today, and it kind of. I feel like you have to put it in the right setting because a lot of people think that 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 ghost blind setup like you'll just you could sit in your front yard and they'd never see you and that that's just not the case i mean it's clearly like if it's out in the open it's clearly something there but if you use the right terrain like saturday i'm going hunting at my in-laws place and i'm going to use it and i was sort of scouting a little bit yesterday i was actually going to push um deeper in but i couldn't find any spot where i'd have good shot angles like a good shot um yeah like a shooting lane and so I am going to still be in the same spot but um, I did find a spot that has a couple trees around it and some like I don't know what you call them but some type of shrub that I can sit in front of and then have you know like the trees in front of me to where I still have a shot and then also have like um, the leaves and stuff so I'm hoping it works but I mean I've, I've got woods around my house and I put it in front of it and I don't know, dude. I mean, it, it could be the best thing out there, or it could all be a gimmick. I mean, I, I've heard like 
Kurt from Working Class Bowhunter say he's hunted with one, and he loved it. And that's kind of why I decided to get it, because I'm like, well, if this dude who kills 140s, 150s, 160s every year, you know, yeah. likes it, then there's got to be something to it. Um, and they're not the kind of guys that are going to promote anything that they don't actually believe in, you know. So, and I, I've talked to them a few times. Like, they're really, they're down-to-earth dudes, you know. And so I kind of, I'm just going on that. I mean, we'll see what happens on Saturday. Um, as far as, like, how small it is, like I said, if you've got good cover around you, I think you'll be fine. Um, the shooting... So, like, the way that it's set up is you've got the panels and then there's cutouts in the panels for you to shoot, um, like, shoot your bow through. I question that a bit because I sat and looked through it, and it's pretty tight. I mean, it's probably about four or five inches wide at most. And, you know, I've thought about already, um, like, modifying it, like, cutting it with a Sawzall and sort of making it a little bit bigger. I don't know if I'm going to do that. It really just depends. But... You know, it, it, it's – we'll see. Uh, that's all I can say. If that doesn't work, you know, I've got my climber. I, I, I know, like, so like, at Monticello, that place, I've got a pretty good idea of what I'm going to do if, like, say the the ghost blind just doesn't work. Um, now, there are some spots over there that I could use it for, and I probably will. But if that doesn't work, man, I mean, I've got already trees and stuff that I can get into. Like, I've got the ground blind. I'm going to move deeper in the woods. So, I I really think that now that I've sort of learned this whole property and the neighboring property, that I probably have a better leg up on next year. But again, like what you saw, when the rut hits over there, those deer disappear. I mean, I I saw one deer in daylight throughout November and December. That's what I noticed about my spot, too. Yeah, that, I, I, I don't know, man. But tell, all right, so enough about me. Um, tell tell us about your season because you've you've killed more deer than I have. I've only killed one. Now maybe the bigger one, but that really doesn't matter. Uh, uh, basically, I filled my buck tags and I've got three doe tags left. Uh, so I've been kind of killing them, I guess you could say. Good lord, son. Um, yeah, uh, but you know, you know as well. Well, you know more than anybody else, really. I've got a couple different properties. Mm-hmm. Um, I've got. I've got three properties, basically one property, but it's three different layouts up in Cobb County. Um, and then I've got one spot down here in Carrollton where I work at. Uh, we rented a house down here, as you know, and it's uh, got a whole bunch of land and woods and fields and all that kind of stuff. And, and big box. I got, yeah, yeah <laughs> uh, I think it's almost 30 acres total I got permission on. Mm-hmm. Um so yeah, me and the guys here at work, we kind of set up our different areas and hunt that a lot. And that's where I, that's where the majority of my have come from is down here in Carrollton, uh, just because I'm only home on the weekends. And honestly, I think I need to learn more discipline when it comes to hunting my Cobb County spot, because as far as like what I'm talking about, as far as the uh, wind and the pressure and all that stuff, because this year. I mean, this is my first year bow hunting, so I've been wanting to go out every chance I get, and that's what I'm doing every weekend, Saturday morning, Saturday night, Sunday morning, Sunday night, I'm out there, and I'm like, I'm bound, you know, I can't kill anything on the couch, so I've got to see something. It's amazing you're still married, bro. 
I'm not gonna lie. Oh my god, it's, it's <laughs> my wife cannot wait. I already told her. I said this weekend when I get home is my last weekend. She's like, it can't come soon enough. So she, she's excited about it being done. Yeah, <laughs> I bet. But she does get excited when I actually call her and tell her, and, and I'm shaking, you know, and then I'm like, all right, I got one. Yeah. Uh, so she does get a little excited with that. Um, but then she also, you know, hates the fact that I'm gone ninety percent of the time on the weekends when I'm mm-hmm. home. Um, but yeah, I, I I need to learn my discipline more on my wind um, because I'm going out there no matter what the conditions are. I'm going out there, and I think that's really hurting me um, just for the simple fact of there's one guy I told you about that's been back there, uh, James. He's another buddy of mine. We started talking. He's pretty cool, but I saw his blind, and we got to talking, and I, and I figured out I where I put the stand I bought from you. Mm-hmm. I'm only 500 yards from his blind. Oh, so you're basically like how me and Robert are. Y'all are just in the same area. Correct. Now, he, last Sunday night, he had four does in front of him. And and this is what what I don't get. So I go in, and I think I texted you Sunday when I was going in at like 1.30 in the afternoon. Yep. And I sat out there till dark, and I didn't see a single thing. He texts me at 5 o'clock saying he was just now coming in. And at 5.20, he was texting me that said that he had four does in front of him. Huh. At 70 yards. And I'm like, okay, so if they're 70, so, and he's like, they're headed, they're walking to my right. So for his right, which is towards me, they're, he's like, they're walking along the creek. And I'm 20 yards from the creek because I'm watching them. I'm watching them as they walk the creek bank. Yeah. And they never showed. So I think they crossed the creek, you know, in front of, or away from me where I couldn't see them. And then, then they were on the other side, you know, 300 yards away. But I never saw them. But it's just, I don't know if it's because of how open my spot is versus thick, where his, his blind is tucked in the thickest damn part. It's unreal. I, I don't know what it is. I don't know if it's the wind because of how open my spot is versus his. Because obviously we're both facing direct uh, west. Our backs are to the east, and the wind for us is both the same exact direction, but he's got thicker cover than I do. Well. And you know how, like, they, I've always heard that deer like to, they like to go into open spots every now and then to get the breeze to cool off if it's a warmer day. Yeah, I've never heard that, but I, I see why people would say that. So, I, I, I don't know. I don't know. I just, I told my wife that I'm just going to have to discipline myself better. I told my buddies here at work, it's just, I, I need to learn to play the wind more. Because that's what they're all saying to me is, you know, uh, you just, you got to play the wind more. You got to play the yeah. wind. You got to play the pressure. You, you got to play that better. Well, I've been saying that to you since the season began. You have. So. <laughs> I've been like, that, that, I've always been rebuttaled with you about it. It's like, that shit don't matter. I mean, you, you, you can't kill them if you're on the couch, man. That's always been my attitude. But evidently, there's a reason for those days you got to sit on the couch, evidently. Well, see, I, I'm with you on that. Um, I've been pretty lucky as far as my main spot in Monticello goes, right. just because the wind is usually always the same. And if it isn't, then I can, especially since with that climber, I can move around to where I can make it right um i do have to be careful of the property lines with roberts even though he said i could hunt over there um he said 
no no bucks until they kill a buck. And I mean, technically, he did kill a buck, so I could have gone over there if I wanted to, but right. yeah. I don't want to. I'll tell you what, get back on that real quick, if you don't mind. Uh, that spot over there, Roberts, where he killed that little forky at. It's perfect. And well, where we found it is even better. That's where you need to put that ghost blind with that damn sawgrass. Yep. Oh, I've thought about it. Trust that me. Three foot tall sawgrass that's there year round. Yeah. That would be where I'd put the damn ghost blind. So my plan is I'm going to be very busy in this off season. Um, I'm going to knock on so many doors that I'm probably going to have people wondering like, "Are you really hunting? Like, is that actually right. what you're doing?" Because I've looked around, so like I've picked out probably 20 houses over in Rockdale by my uh, in-laws place. Because if they actually do move, I mean, even if they don't, dude, I, I may not really hunt over there again. Like I did see some deer, but only in early season. And that's what I've been noticing as a trend is like I've only seen deer early season. I saw one doe in, in November or December, and the neighbor's dog completely ruined that. But... What I'm going to do is probably go, like, you know, with Spartan Forge and stuff, you can see who owns what. I'm probably just going to figure out who owns that, that spot with the sawgrass because I remember Robert saying, oh, well, this is my in-law's place or whatever. It, and was, I, it was some lady that he was talking about. Well, I think, I think it was his mother-in-law. But the okay. thing is, the sawgrass wasn't her property. It was somebody else's. Oh, okay. Yeah, so I'm going to try and talk to them, you know, just tell them, hey, you know, I do deer management in the area. I hunt right down the street from you. There's a huge yeah. buck in here. You know, how do you feel about me bow hunting your property? Like, only bow hunting. I won't be anywhere near a house. Um, and we'll, I mean, we'll see what happens. Like, so far, I've struck out on both places I've tried talking to. But, right. Um, right. yeah, no, I completely agree. I mean, that, that really, like I said, that whole day really showed me how lucky I was to get pickles and what these deer are doing because – I'm willing to bet, dude. Like you saw, I showed you on the map how big and how it, it's. We're basically big woods hunting when we go over there, because you've got over a thousand acres just in one spot. That yeah, I can't hunt it, but these deer. I mean, they don't know property lines. They don't stay to one spot. So well, you say that, but I swear to you, I think they know calendar days too. Oh, dude, don't even get me started on that. <laughs> you know exactly why. Like. The, I, look, okay. I will say this for everybody listening. I don't care what you say. Deer know, at least these deer that I was hunting, know when season is over because the next day, the next freaking morning after the regular season went out, I had like seven does on camera in daylight. And they've done it since that's, then. That's the same issue I Dude. had at, um, at here at the Carrollton spot. Mm -hmm. Now, my Georgia spot is still, they're still acting like it's season. And they know it's still season. <laughs> they do. They definitely did. Yeah. yeah, but the one in Carrollton, yeah, it, it was the exact same thing. It was the day after season, my camera blew up, and I had, there was one picture, I had like 13 does in one spot. Yeah. I'm going to be honest, man. I think that you're, so like when we hunted up there, I was actually shocked at how far back we went, and I don't know how far back you're going now, but I'm really curious if your access might need to, might need to change, because if you remember that day, Landon's eight showed up was literally right next to us when we were walking he in was, and we didn't even see him from us yeah he didn't we didn't even see him so no. i no. think if you're going to continue to hunt that area you might want to look into different either either go in when you like the earliest you can and hope that they're not there 
or look at a different way of access because i mean after that yeah. day dude after you showed me that picture i was like okay clearly what we did was wrong we should have gone in at least an hour earlier if not sooner and then just yeah. sat in in the heat and dealt with it because you know again i don't know your property as well as the ones i hunt but right you know i, I mean I, i've tried that whole early morning thing and, and i'll tell you what like this season has been super weird because i've tried everything that people will say and you know some people listening might be like oh well you're probably in there too much and honestly dude i think i was um in the rut because again i didn't see anything there was deer showing up all the time there's always nighttime photos sometimes in the mornings but it was only does and like one other little buck um and robert was having pictures of tanks show up in in the morning he just never showed up when he was there and so i mean we know like i know where this where these deer are coming from they're coming from the deeper part of the woods and probably where that sawgrass is at there's also a field a quarter mile down i'm sure they go over there I mean, yeah. to try and draw these deer into this one little opening that's right next to somebody's house. Um, I mean, they're literally 60 yards away from, from where I'm sitting. Yeah. Um, that place is challenging. Like, the neighbor's dog barks every single time I go. I, I mean, it's I have to change some stuff up there. But um, And I, I, was, I was actually talking about that with my wife as well as far as changing up access and all that stuff. So, yeah. Um, but, no, where, where I got the new stand at, uh, or the one you gave me, Yeah. Um, it's about halfway between my house and where you sat. Okay. Uh, but it's on the other side of that big river. Um, so I actually take, there's actually an access road that's paved okay. um, until you get about 150 yards from the stand and then it turns into woods. Yeah. Um, it's, a, it's, a, it's an abandoned road that was, it was developed back in the 80s when that neighborhood was first developed. Mm-hmm. And uh, it, they realized it was on a floodplain, so they couldn't build houses on it. So it's uh, just an abandoned road. Is that like a swamp uh, area? Is it swampy? Oh yeah, dude. I, oh, yeah. If you would have told me that in the beginning of season, I would have literally forced you to hunt there. Yeah, and I'm realizing that now <laughs> yeah. because uh, I've noticed, and I've, I've shared with you, and I've talked with you about it, you know, during the season earlier. Yep. That my spot I figured out is a you know early season pre rut stage area. Yeah. Um, and so yeah, during early season, that's going to be my main focus spot now. So what do you? What's your plan for public? Because I know that you and I both are planning on hitting public a lot next year. Like I'm literally going to go put cameras out next month. Like I might honestly do it when we go do our um, little like not practice shoot, but basically go shoot the 3D course. I may go yep. put some cameras out that day. I gotcha. So what's your plan for that? So my plan for public is to honestly do, I want to try and take it back to the way that my grandfather hunted and the way that he showed me how to hunt. Mm -hmm. And that was obviously, that was, you know, a little bit older than you, but that was before cameras were a thing. Um, So it was honestly just going to a public spot, you know, WMA or or VPA or whatever kind of public land you can access. and just walking and scouting and then finding your area. And most of your public spots will only allow you to put a stand or like a climber up for 24 hours. You got to take it down. Yeah, I've heard that. I don't ever leave anything there, but like so I just go in and... What I was going to end up doing is honestly just scouting around one day, not taking any cameras, not taking any of that stuff, because I'm honestly just... My bills are so tight right now. I'm not doing the whole cell cam thing. I feel you, bro. Um, so I'm going to find the 
the sign, and not just like, oh, there's deer poop, and let me put a stand here. <laughs> no, I'm not going to do that. I'm going to find the actual sign, the bedding areas, the rub, the hardcore rubs, the rub trails, and, you know, the frequent trails, yeah. and, you know, basically set up a climber or set up a lock-on or something, and then come back the next morning and just see what I get. And it, I've, I've got two public land spots, or two WMAs that are within 15 minutes of me. Okay. And they both run archery from, you know, archery opening, you know, September 10th until uh, October 21st when gun season starts. And then after that, I'll focus mainly on, you know, my private spot here in Carrollton and my private spot there in Cobb. But early season, and I'll, I'll probably dabble on my spot early season a little bit. Yeah. Uh, just because of the caliber of bucks that I have that are there during early season. Um, so I'm going to focus on that. But yeah, mainly from, from the first, you know, first month, month and a half of, of season, I'm going to be, you know, trying to do public. Yeah. And I'm kind of there with you. Like, <clears throat> I, so the, the so there, I've got two WMAs by the house, one of which I know nothing about. My, my buddy yeah. Josh has killed quite a few deer out there. He killed a nice eight pointer about two years ago. Actually, the same the same day that I killed um, the prayer bug, he killed this eight pointer. It's about the same size. I mean, like you know, like I've told people before, the prayer bug's not a giant, but before pickles, he was the biggest deer I've ever killed. You know, right? And uh, I mean, he's maybe 80, 90 inches, but um, he hunts that place more than the other one. And I think what I'm going to do is take half my cameras. I probably am going to get a few more like of those Tascos from Walmart and then go just go scout I mean take like a Saturday or Sunday morning or something and then go scout the one closest to me because I don't know anything about it and the cool thing about that is they have an archery only area and then a gun area or a gun archery area okay. Um, okay. and you can hunt it I mean their, their dates so their dates are actually different like the ones out by me they're not like a national forest where they have the same dates as the state they actually have um, so the, the one further away from me is opening day to like the end of September, so about three or four weeks, and then, or no, you know what? I think it's. Let me think. It's the opening day, and then two weeks or so into October, and then you get one week, or maybe they overlap. I honestly don't remember. They change it all the time, but either way, <clears throat> um, I'm kind of planning on hitting both of those, and unless I mean, I don't know you know what to expect i did see a doe my first sit over there and that whole story man i've, I've told that before on other episodes and it was it was heartbreaking it, it made me so mad but um i i think if if i'm not getting pictures of tank or some deer that's the same caliber of tank around that time then i'll probably focus more on public and just see what happens um, cause honestly, dude, next year I'm, I'm going on a doe killing spree. Like if I don't kill a buck, I'm okay with it because these gotcha. does, and I try, I decided that the day that these deer showed up after season ended, cause I'm like, I'm, I, I can be petty. So I'm like, you know what? Y'all are going to do this to me. I'm, I'm going to do this to you. So we'll see. I mean, I know for sure that the one farther away from me that I tried getting you to go with me to. Um, I don't remember why you couldn't. I think something was going on with the family or whatever. But, or maybe you know, you know what? You were chasing King Louis. That's why. Um, yeah. 
which I totally understand. But they have some hammers over there in the, in the rut because their, their dates on – so they've got two archery seasons. They've got the first one in the beginning of the year and then a weekend in November, which is smack dab in the middle of the rut <clears throat> for this place. And last season, I've told you before, I saw that buck that had to be at least 150, 160 inches. Well, on the camera that I used, that I had set up, I made a mock scrape with the Phillips Outdoor Sense, which I'm, dude, I'm 100% sticking with them because their stuff, in my opinion, is the best stuff on the market. Um, it's the only thing that's worked. I've used Tinks, I've used Pure Whitetail. You know, we were part of their whole pro staff thing, and yep. nothing yep. against them, but it just it doesn't work. At least not for us, yep. or, or for me, really. I don't know if it did for yeah. you or not. But. Yeah, none of that stuff worked for me. Yeah. Uh, the only thing I have uh, that actually has worked for me, um, in the because you know each demographic area, your deers are going to react different. One hundred percent. So my Cobb County deer. They love the, uh, what is it, the pure gold or whatever the hell it's called? Oh, the Wildlife, um, wildlife Institute or whatever. Yeah, yeah, I know what you're talking uh, about. It's the gold bottle of the yeah. grape juice. The stuff you can get at like, at like Walmart and Academy yeah, and all that. Tractor Supply, stuff like that. Yeah. So they, they love that. Um, and then my Carrollton deer down here, absolutely hate it yeah they get they get within 30 yards of it and they're blowing and walking off so what i ended up doing down here in Carrollton was just an old grandpa trick it was literally move some dirt around and pee in it yeah i've been doing that and it's it's worked and it's not I, as good it's but worked. it's worked it, it, i tell you what it, i've pulled in more deer with my normal pee than anything here in Carrollton. it's that buck juice man <laughs> yeah, I guess. <laughs> I'm in rut all the time. Shit. <laughs> um, yeah, dude. I think I think that's probably a good a good idea is to focus more on public because then you're not blowing your private spots out. You know. Correct. So, Correct. And I think that's my biggest problem with my Cobb County spot. Is I, I'm just blowing it out. Well, so the thing is too, like I don't again, I don't know the dates of your um, public out there, but with me over here, once once the gun season starts. There is aside from that archery season in November, there is no. Well, that's not entirely true. The so both of them have small archery seasons in November. They fall back to back, so you get three days in the weekend, which is when you and I can usually hunt, and then <clears throat> you get a Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and I think maybe a Thursday. Of gotcha. The other one, but obviously people have to work, and unless you save time, like I don't have any PTO for it. I may try to take a day. We'll see. It really just depends on how the cameras. Are looking because on private I'll just use you know cell cams, but like public and stuff I'm not putting a two hundred dollar camera out there because it'll get stolen. Yeah. I, I I would rather lose a thirty dollar camera than than two hundred. I'm sure right. anybody would. Right. So well, I mean, see that uh, what a lot of these newer cameras now actually that you know they have the GPS built into them. So if someone takes it, you can just walk up to their front door and like give my fucking camera back. Yeah, but I'm not trying. To, I ain't trying to deal but with that. But I mean, that. you know, even if you got a thirty dollar one, you don't want that one to get lost because you're too cheap like me. And <laughs> what you do then at that point is you buy the daggum, uh, you buy the the twelve dollar uh, what is that AirPod thing that you can track. I didn't even you know you buy that and that. stick it to it. Didn't even know they had that. Yeah, yeah. Well, um, maybe I'll try that. Although yeah, I've never I had any issues. Thought. Like I've never had any issues on public. I've had I've never even had pictures of anybody on public. 
Like the places that I go are so so there is one spot that I am gonna put a camera at that I'm sure I'll see somebody walking through. Actually there's probably a couple. But the places I'm hunting at, I've never seen a person. And people wanna say, Oh, oh Publix wow. Yeah, like and that's why I was telling you, it's like, man, if you come with me, I know where to put you, that you're not gonna see anybody and I've seen big deer there. I just was still you know, I'm still kind of a rookie to bow hunting hundred percent, but yeah. That was my first full season bow hunting. I didn't know what I was doing. That was my first time using a tree stand on on public ever, and I had so, I chose the worst tree. It it, it was terrible. <laughs> like I learned my lesson. Right. But, so two years ago, uh, I'm not sure if you do any small game hunting or anything like that, uh, squirrel hunting, rabbit hunting, any of that kind of stuff. No, never, never really um, done that. So I've always done squirrel hunting as well. Um, but two years ago, and there is certain times where squirrel hunt, squirrel season does trickle into and bleed over with deer season. Yes, I have seen a squirrel hunter on public when I was leaving the stand and like scouting, yeah. but I've never seen one in the stand. He he didn't go anywhere near where I was at. I got so, you. So, but I know what you're saying. Yeah. So two years ago, I was uh, squirrel hunting with my son. Uh huh. And we're just, of course, the way I squirrel hunt is literally just walk around until I find a squirrel and then boom. Yep. So me and him were walking around and it got, it was still kind of dark when we got there. So we got out of the truck and we walked in to the main, like where you start to normally see hunters, you know, moving at. Like so the parking we area or the checking station? away from the truck. And, um... It starts to get a little darker. It's still a little dark, uh-huh. and the sun hadn't come up yet. So I was like, "All right, we're just gonna sit right here for a little bit and just wait for the sun to come up, and then we'll start walking around." Yeah. We're sitting there. Sun starts coming up, and I, within a four hundred yard circle of where we're sitting, I see eight orange vests. Oh my god, man! And I'm like, "Oh shit, <laughs> we need to move." So <sighs> the public, the public spot that I that I will be going to is that same area but I will be going in a hell of a lot further because again that was only like 300 yards from the truck the public spot that I'm going to is almost 5,000 acres so I will definitely be moving and going away from that area and I'll be going in it like I said as deep as I possibly can with a lock on or a climber and but yeah, my, my dates for public on both of the spots, uh, Altoona WMA okay. um, and Paulden County WMA. Oh, Those get hit so hard. They do get hit yeah, hard. I've seen them on Facebook. They, it's yeah, ridiculous. Yeah, they do get hit hard, but well, I can't really justify anything about that. They do get hit hard. Yeah. But I know them like the back of my hand. I, I've been around in those squirrel hunting so many frick. I've covered so many miles. Yeah, it, it's not even not even funny. You better get you a game um, card. Or, yeah, or just, do like how campaigns does and throw it over your shoulder. It's the opening day to October twenty first, and that's it. So it's that first month and a half, and that that's it for public. Oh wow. Yeah, you don't get you don't get the secondary, you know, like you do down there in the November stuff for archery. It's yeah. archery is only that first month and a half. Well, look, I'm gonna tell you what, man. I have two two spots that, well, really three, but two of them are kind of close to each other. But I've got one that is a mile a mile deep, and it's probably a good spot. 
I didn't even realize it was a mile until after I walked it and walked back. Um, but the one where I saw that 160 at, I was probably 200 yards from the truck. So, wow. dude, look, I'm not giving away where this spot is, but and I'll show you when whenever you know you come up here. But it, you would never think that there's going to be deer in there. And what's so okay. funny about that is I've heard so many guys talk about public land where, you know, you get the people that go in deep. And and believe me, it, I think that this that's the way to go. On that's certain, gotta be on certain places though, because yeah, I know a pretty decent area where these bucks, at least in the rut, I don't know about early season, but in the rut, I know where they're at. And all I'm saying is it's not as deep as you think. So, because you got to think like people are there just goes to show you as far as public land versus private land. Okay. So what you were talking about with the, with the mile in. Yep. All right. So a mile in on public land, depending on where it is, can be a half a day freaking walk. Oh yeah, I mean this wasn't okay. a half a day. It was like well, fifteen minutes. Where but. I took you when you came up to my house, when you came in hunting Cobb County with me, yeah, that was a mile from my house. It felt like it. It, it to me it doesn't because I walk it every weekend. No, it felt you know? like it. But it, it's just uh, it, that's a that's an easy mile yeah. compared to going through public land where you're literally making your own trails. Yeah. It can, it's definitely be a challenge. Yeah, I mean, it. like I said, you know, it, it's all going to come down to what the cameras show as far as that's yeah. concerned. Because there could be a booner 20 yards from the truck. And he's oh, yeah. doing that because he sees the people parking. He can he – can, see, the thing I've learned about deer, and, and I, I know you know this, and, and Jay has told me this, and, and I've seen it on Seek 1. Like, I've seen a lot of people talk about it. They these deer if they're if they see where you're coming from, and see you park and see you walk in, they will bed up to watch you and then they'll just hang out in that spot and you'll never even know they were there. Yep. So that's why like this spot I'm talking about, I really think is a good spot because obviously I've seen big deer there, and you know it, it's <clears throat> it's it's a place no one's gonna look. So. I don't know. I'll show you when you come up here, and if you come hunt this archery or that archery season with me next season, then I'll put you up in a. I got two spots near this main um, patch of woods that that I hunted that I think you would get a shot off on a good deer, especially in the rut, because those deer over there are stupid. <laughs> like they're so dumb when that rut comes, man. It's ridiculous. But well, look, we we covered all of that, so now I want to jump into the I guess more controversial stuff um, <laughs> okay do you want to talk about the arrow stuff first or do you want to talk about that deer I sent you a picture of the other day um cause that one that I sent you a picture of I I'm gonna be honest I think there's some uh some sketchiness going on I don't remember the guy's name yeah there's some sketchiness going on if you if with you ask me with the deer that with, you sent me with the one on Facebook, the one who had the broken legs and and all that stuff. What? You don't remember? Oh yeah 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 that one. Okay yeah now I remember that one. So my thought process on that, I guess we'll just start with that. My process yeah, on that I... on that deer. Now I haven't been hunting for decades, but I know a thing or two about shooting deer with a gun and shooting deer with a bow. 
And unless you're shooting a thousand grain arrow at ten yards, you're not gonna break a deer's leg like that. Not with an arrow. Not with a gun, maybe. But basically, what what the story the story that I know is the guy was hunting and saw this giant buck. I think it was in West Virginia or something like that. And he saw this giant buck. Claims he shot it, and then it ran off. Is what he says. So. My thing is, why are its legs broken? And why is its jaw broken? Because if you look at some of the pictures, there are some where the jaw looks fine, but then there's one that I looked at, and that jaw is hanging way too low. There's no way that that jaw is not broken. I'm, I'm trying to find this daggone post again. It, I mean, it to me, now I'm not saying you did this, because I could be completely wrong. I could read something tonight, and it says, no, this was legit. Um, and, you know, the, if I see an entry wound, because there is no exit hole. I don't know if he shot it with a bow. I don't know if he shot it with a gun. I don't remember, but there is no exit hole, and I didn't see an entry wound, and he only took photos from one side. Now, sometimes guys will do that because they want to be PC, and that's fine. That's I see it all the time, and that's perfectly fine. But those deer's legs, then when they do that, they're not broken, and this and their jaws aren't broken. And this bug, to me, looked like it got hit by a car, and then he took care of it. Because maybe he did hit it, and maybe he, you know, and and I have no problem with with that. I mean, I've got buddies that have done that, but I wouldn't sit there and claim, oh, I shot this thing. You know what I mean? So I hope I'm wrong. I really hope that I'm wrong. And if I do, and if this dude hears this, and I am wrong, then I apologize. But if I'm not, then why not just say, you know, oh, look at this buck that I hit. He's a monster, all that other stuff. You know, That's, that's that's my opinion on it. But again, I wasn't there. I haven't seen the deer in person. But based off the photos, the only the only thing you could maybe convince me of is if after you shot it, he ran off and then fell down a ditch and broke his jaw and broke his leg. I could believe that. But that's kind of I mean, what's he falling off of a cliff? Because if he is, his antlers are going to shatter. Because I've seen them do flips and literally land on their antlers. Yeah, and nothing happens. Nothing happens. So. Yeah, I, I, I don't know. It, how many? Bro- I couldn't find the post again. How many broken legs did that? <clears throat> I believe both front legs were broken. So there's no... And when you see it, they're compound fractures. There's no way this deer could have ran off like that. Absolutely no way. Not on his front legs. If it was his back legs, maybe. I could... Well, maybe not both. I could see one back leg being broken and then him running off or something. But, you know how funny that would be to see a deer running away looking just like one of these teenagers with their squatted ass trucks? That's exactly what it would look like. That's exactly what they look like. So, I don't know, man. I mean, that's that's kind of how I feel about it. So Yeah, I, I don't know. Two compound fractures in the bus front size, and there's no picture of the entry or exit. Yep. And the jaw hanging... It looks the, like yeah, the jaw is kind of low. Yeah, and there's blood coming from his mouth, but there is, and there is blood splatter on his stomach. So maybe, maybe there is something uh, to it. That could be a damn. But he that, gutted it for a, a damn picture. Well, he didn't gut it. Like you can clearly tell he didn't gut it, but at least not in the photo. But again, it, it's it's just weird, man. You know, like people do crazy things to try and get fame and recognition, like. I know guy. <coughs> excuse me. I know guys. My future brother-in-law um, has told me plenty of times, and I'll never do this because 
I think it's wrong, and I, I just I don't agree with anybody that does this, and I don't agree with people that are like, oh, well, it doesn't matter, man. He tells me all the time, man, take a spotlight out there and just go shine it and yeah, shoot it, no, or get your truck no. and shoot it. I'm like, no, dude, that's not. If I wanted to do that, then I'm not a hunter. I'm just a killer. I'm a deer killer. You know, exactly. There's no sport exactly. in that. It's not fair to the animals, and I've explained that to basically my whole family. Because whenever I struggle with hunting, they're like, "Oh, well, why don't you just go out there at night and shoot it?" It's like, uh, "That's Dude, illegal." People, so people give everybody shit about it for whatever reason. Yep. Everybody, honestly, a lot of people give me shit for how I do it. Oh, I get it all the time. I get it all the time. Because, uh, well, not just because, yeah, Georgia, you, you know, you're allowed to bait if you want to, that kind of thing on private right. land. Don't get me started not, on not, that. Not for that, but for, you know, the Georgia Hunt for the Hungry, the, the, the donations. Yeah. They're like, so you're just going out there and killing, just to kill it, and you're not even going to eat the meat. I'm like. That's not true. Because I'm not, I'm not going to cook the whole daggum deer just for meat. Yeah. When you're I'm doing going it. home on the weekends. So yeah. I'm giving that deer to everybody else, but I still... I still get the label of not a true hunter. That program feeds so many people that need it, dude. And, I mean, Seek One is part of that, too. Like, if, yeah. you, if you're going to tell me that I'm heartless because I donate Jay, Jay deer, and his wife just did that. Yeah, exactly. So, I, I don't know, man. I hear that, and I'm like, yeah, well, you don't know what it's like until you do it. And everybody hunts for their own reasons. I just don't agree with the people that are like, oh, go shine it. It's like, man, yeah, no. No, no, I'm not. I'm not that kind of person that's going to do that. I I like to make it as fair for the animal as possible. Yeah. And you know, and 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 sometimes, just like last season, I won't kill anything. Just like this season so far, I've only killed one deer. Could I have killed more? Yeah. The week after I shot pickles, I had a two and a half year old eight point that I could have shot thirty times over, but I didn't mm-hmm. because I don't want to burn my last buck tag on that, and I also don't like it's a young deer you know and so see, that's that's another one where i'm where uh, i'm kind of i'm having to learn from you on that one because you saw that last one that i shot it was, it was my last buck tag and it was like eh. talking about the eight point yeah. no i'm talking about that uh oh i know it's, yeah okay <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah the, i know <laughs> i don't even want to mention that one i know um but yeah that little guy <laughs> So well. I need to get on. I need to get on my whole thing as far as you know, knowing when not to draw back. <laughs> yeah, I mean, look, man, I've I've already said that at this point I've got three three at least three more hunts left, if not only two. And if a spike shows up, he's getting the beans. Okay, I, I'm at that point now that I don't care. Okay. But in the beginning of the season, I'm not like that because there's so many things that can go wrong with that property that. You know, like when I shot pickles, deer didn't daylight for a week or two right. in that spot. Now, they were daylighting other places, but they weren't daylighting in that spot because they know. I don't know how they know, but they know. And I have not seen Bluey since mid-November. So I don't know if he shot. I don't know if he moved off. I have no idea. And see, that's what so, I was thinking with uh, with uh, Ian, that nine-pointer that I, that I had yeah. in Velvet, you know, during the beginning, but not even actually before season. Oh yeah, um, yeah. I remember those photos. I had him in, in velvet, and I never saw him again until a week ago. I, he wasn't on any cameras, any nothing well, he, for the entire season yeah. until last week, and I saw him at four o'clock in the morning. Yep, 
Certain deer will do that though. They'll as soon as they get hard horn, they'll move off and go to their rut range early. I mean, I, that's what happened with Tank. I'm convinced that Tank came over to my spot in our area because either he was the biggest deer and so he could just go wherever he wanted, or because it was his rut range. Because like or I said, I haven't seen it. by a bigger deer. And that's very possible. There are de- here's the thing: there are definitely bigger deer in that area. I mean, right. I know that there's bigger deer than Tank. The problem is I haven't seen them. And oh, yeah. It's just like, you know, when I first saw uh, my son's uh, eight point and Ian, I'm like, holy crap, those are awesome deer. And then, you know, later on in the season towards August, or no, not August. Uh, October. ish Yeah, then King Louis shows up and you're like, and holy yeah, crap. King man. Louis, when he showed up, I'm like, holy crap. Yeah, but and, again, the, and you know what? But there's even bigger deer than him. You're that's, in Cobb County, insane. man. Like exactly, <laughs> that's my Cobb point. Cobb County property. Is there something bigger than him out there? There is. Oh my god. There is. You just haven't seen it, and it pro- yeah. he probably doesn't stick around that much. So, well, look, let's let's get on the on the arrow thing. Let's, let's do this arrow we're, thing. We're we're almost to an hour, and I told Jessica that it'd be about an hour. Um, okay. So we're, this is gonna have to be a two parter because I'm. Hold on, hold on. Do we want to do the arrow two-part thing, or do we want to kind of indulge in what our future plans are, like you kind of did on the last one? So, which one do you want? I'm to gonna do? I'm gonna touch on that. It's kind of okay. gonna be a mix of the two. So, I'm not saying anything about any place or any places or anything like that. All I'm gonna say is that there's certain. How do I want to say this? There are certain things that when you take stuff to people who should know what they're doing, who have, and, and the thing is, like, they, you, all right, let me, let me rephrase this. When you take something to someone that you know knows how to do something, um, you expect, a certain you expect it to be, yeah, you expect it to be, like, high, high quality, right? Yeah. And all, all I'm going to say is that, my expectations Especially for the price of eggs nowadays. Yes, my expectations were at that level, and then recently they were not met. Um, I, all all I can, God, this is such a such a fine line I'm writing. Um, you're you're way too politically correct. Uh, it's it's yeah, I have to be. Um, I, I guess all right. All right. You know what? I'm just gonna I'm gonna mix the two things together. So me and JD have been talking uh, quite a bit about starting up our own arrow building and bow. What would you say? Bow maintenance, bow shop. I guess. Um. And I think it's because we both know what people really want and what the expectations are, and we know that we can meet that. I, right now, only hand-fletch my own arrows, but I just fletched a pair up today that, if you ask me, are just as good as a a fletching jig. Now, I'm going to buy a fletching jig soon and really start diving into it. So, it's not like we're at the point now where I can say on the podcast, hey man, if you need your arrows built, hit me up. If you want them built and not fletched, hit me up, because I can do that, and that's no problem at all. Fletching, if you want to, if you want me to fletch them for you, and this goes out to anybody listening, if you want me to fletch them for you by hand, I can do that, 
It might take a little longer, but I can do that. Um, it's just it's just the fact that I can do stuff with ten dollar equipment that is better better built and better you know like more more what's the right word I guess meticulously made than yeah, and than so, what so let me help I you got. out with that a little bit yeah um, it's it's not the tool it's how you use the tool um, kind of an, an analogy I used to I'm a lineman now but I used to be a mechanic for the past 17 years yep so I know we were going with this I've done a fuel pump job with a pair of channel lock pliers and a flathead screwdriver. Yep. You take it to a shop, you pay $2,500 to have that fuel pump replaced. Yep. They've got lifts, they got, you know, trans jacks they can take and low, actually lower the gas tank and do all that kind of stuff yeah. and make it a hell of a lot easier. I can do it the same amount of time with a pair of pliers and a flathead screwdriver. Yep. It's just, it's not the tool, it's what you know how to do with the tools you have. Yes. And look, I'll say this, man. When I first started fletching by hand, it was terrible okay i've fletched two arrows up um in the past two weeks by hand now and you can't even tell aside from a like i'll be honest it, there's a little bit of glue that sometimes will be on the sides and you can see that but again that you can just wipe that away i just i just don't because it doesn't bother me it's your um, arrows correct exactly if somebody said like if you came to me this off season was like hey i got six arrows i want you to fletch up use the AAE max hunters Here's everything you need. Or, or don't even say that. Just say, hey, can you fletch these up for me? I'll bring them to you next week. I would, yeah. I would say, yeah, sure. It'll probably take me a week or two to get them all done, but sure. And right. I would say, which helical do you want, left or right? And I would give you that. I mean, I did a, a right helical. I want to say it was like three degrees on my victories tonight because I just wanted to tinker with it. And now I'm kind of thinking about using, like buying more victories and just building those. Because well, uh, speaking of that, how the hell did your damn uh, are you using a left or right for your setup? Right. Right. Okay. Yep. So, have you shot the heli- the ones with the helical yet? Have you noticed anything different? The three fletch or four fletch? Oh, you did both. Okay. Well, no. So, okay. So here's here's what I've got. I've got two arrows that I've hand fletched myself. I've got six that a shop did, and all of the arrows from the shop, the fletching is good on all of them except one, as far as the helical and the, and the spacing and stuff goes. Um, not really that big of a deal. You know, I don't, I can use that as like a practice arrow or something, that's fine. But if you look at, and they're all right helical. Now I am going to tinker a little bit and do my next one left helical to see if there's any difference. But I shot one of those arrows I got today, and like one of the shop arrows, and I mean, dude, it. It was it it flew fine. The only problem was one of the fletchings almost came off, and so I'm like, "What the heck, man?" And and, and again, I'm not knocking this shop at all. I have nothing against the guys; they're awesome guys. I just think that it it's it's one of those things where it's look. It, uh, this is to the point. I mean, you, you took it to an arrow building shop. You didn't go and buy an on-the-shelf on the individual Walmart arrow. No. Okay, so that's what you're expecting. Yeah. You know, you're expecting higher. Yeah. And you and you got a Walmart arrow. I, well, I wouldn't say that. I mean, the arrows... Mm. The, here's the thing. The arrows were 
for the most part, fletched up pretty well, except for that one. Um, the only thing, too, is I had to basically square them up myself, which I can do. That's not a problem, but why any anybody out there would cut some arrows and not square them makes no sense to me. And I'm not saying that just on this one place. I'm, not, I'm saying that for everybody. Anybody listening that builds their own arrows, if you don't square them, you're, you might as well buy a Walmart arrow and just shoot it at the full length with the light little insert and, and hope to God that you hit the soft spot on a deer. Because, you know, it, it's just, it just, I don't know, dude. It just doesn't make sense. Like, and maybe it's something that was forgotten. And maybe I'm in, in, a, in a, uh, a fuss about it for no reason, you know. And who knows what's going on. I, I don't, I, look, all I know is the reason that you and I are doing what we're doing and, and working on getting everything that we need to be able to do this is because I've heard from a lot of people that are just not happy. With, with what they get, not and j- this is from shops all across the state. Yes. I'm not saying yes. this one specific place because this one specific place, like I said, they're great people. They're super nice. It's just I I would do it the way that I would like it, and that's just the way that it is. Um, does that mean I'm never going to take anything of mine to a shop again? No. That I'm I actually was talking to a buddy of mine about getting my bow restrung tonight, and I got prices, and as soon as the season's over, I'm taking it to him. But when it when it comes down to arrows, I think that's something that I'm just going to start doing myself completely, like fully cutting them, inserts, knocks, uh, knock tuning, fletching, all of that. Because you know, it, it, it that way, if something messes up, it's my fault, and I can't say, "Oh, someone did this wrong." Like I would literally just be like, "Well, let me cut this off, and then I'll do it again." And the thing is, too, when when we start actually like saying to people, "Hey," It's off season. You want some arrows built? Hit me up. I will meet you somewhere to to build arrows for you. I'll take them back to the house. I'll have the whole the whole rig set up, and we'll we'll get it done. And if that person's not happy about it, dude, that's fine. I'll come to you and get that arrow or get those arrows and redo it and make sure that it's right. I because when I do mine, I triple check everything, and I would have that same exact that same exact you know, mindset with every single era that I would ever touch. Um, and it's just, you know, like you and I have, have gone back and forth about like arrow weight, FOC, all that stuff. I feel like I'm at a place now after talking with T-Bone, I've talked with Troy, uh, Ranch Ferry, talked with Aaron Snyder. I've talked to quite a few people that do know these things inside and out. And what they've basically told me is the sweet spot. Now Ranch Ferry does lean a little bit heavier you know, he's more of the 550, but he's also talking about people that are shooting, you know, like 26-inch draw at 50 pounds because with all of that and a fixed blade, okay? Like, I'm using the Mega Meat now. I went back to that because as much as I love the Exodus, and I'm probably still going to use it some, The me- like, a Mega Meat, is, in my opinion, is the perfect broadhead for a whitetail. You saw what it did with Pickles. You, you've seen what T-Bone's done with it. Yeah. Um... It, it to me is just if you've got now if you're shooting a 350 grain arrow, I don't care who you are, you're not getting a pass through most likely. Now with my setup at 28 inches, it's 62 and a half pounds. With a 480, I think I think the arrows that I got um, are 488 grains, and then my four fletch is 495 or something like that. 
It's not moving super fast, but I'm not taking any shots over 30 yards anyway, and it'll get there in time, and that's plenty of force. I'm, I'm at like 15 or 16% FOC. Um, oh, that's plenty. Yeah, I mean, th- yeah. that to me is the perfect arrow setup. And talking with T-Bone and Aaron Snyder, who they, to me, are more of a broader range of arrow weight, they they both say anything from 450 to 550 is is the perfect perfect weight. Well, of, you can't really give a range like that and say it's perfect though. Well, no, that's true. But I'm saying like for the basic person with a 28 inch draw at 70 pounds, they're saying those arrow weights are as perfect as you can get. Now I know a guy, the guy who's going to be doing my bowstrings. Um, he's one of the techs up at the Ace Hardware in uh, Augusta, Casey Crawley, he shoots a 442 grain arrow with a Mega Meat. Is that, is that too light? I don't think so. I, I don't mean, think so, because I'm, I'm, you know, I'm, uh, I'm at 445 is what I'm at. And you're using the NAP Spitfires, right? Or the... Yep, yep. Okay. Yep, I got the NAP Spitfires uh, <clears throat> for the broadhead... I've got the Gold Tip Hunter XTs. Um, it's a the, it's a three fletched. Uh, I got a right helical uh, AA uh, Max Hunters. Um, and yeah, my total my total weight on those is four forty five. I think my heaviest one is four forty six. Is that with a lighted knock? Um, of the arrow itself. Is that with a lighted knock or a stock knock? <laughs> That's with the stock knock. Okay. So what's your FOC then? It's probably got to be like what fourteen. 13? It's, it's 13 and a half. Okay. Yep. That's plenty. That's what I killed pickles with. Yeah, and that and thing was embedded in his offside shoulder. I've always heard, you know, I've, yeah, I've heard the Ranch Ferry comments, but I've always heard for the general rule of thumb, anywhere between 11 and 15, you're fine. You want me to blow your mind? What's that? So I was listening to Hoyt's podcast. They had the guy from Easton and... Oh, what was it? It was Easton and I think actually Hoyt because they're both sister companies, really more like cousin companies. They're owned by the same main company, but they're not actual like – they're not the same company is what I'm getting at. Um, they, they aren't made in the same factories, all, the, all this other stuff. That, that doesn't matter. But this guy who is one of the higher-ups, like he's been at this company for years um, and knows a lot about arrows, he was saying that this whole – ridiculously high like 20 30 percent foc yeah it helps but you don't need it he was saying that his arrow setup with a mechanical is eight percent and it is not over 450 grains wow and he says that he has no problems so what's he shooting a 90 pound bow with a 31 inch draw no man (laughs) like just normal normal setup so okay i used to think you know, heavier was better. And I think if you're hunting, like, elk, well, I can't even say that because Dan Stanton from Elk Shape, he shoots a 460-grain arrow at yep. 70... It's like 74 70, pounds and a 27-inch draw. 70, 73 pounds, isn't it? Like 73, 74, something like that, at 27 yeah. inches, okay? And he says he has no problems. Now, he's not really using mechanicals much. He's using um, fixed blades, but still. That's plenty yep. of power, weight, momentum, all of that stuff. So, you know, I, I kind of wanted to do all this basically to say to people, like, you know, if, if you've got a place that you go to and they're, like, on fire and they do everything you like, 
dude, by all means, keep going. But if you don't, and if you want to give us a shot, hit me up about some arrows. We can talk. And then if you want some bow work done, hit JD up because he's basically what what the way I look at me and JD in this situation is I can do I can talk all day about arrows. I don't know enough about bows to say, oh, I'll fix it for you. Like, I've got a rest upstairs that has been there for two weeks. I have yet to put it on. It's a drop-away trophy taker west. Tr- trophy taker rest. West. 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 It's oh a west. Um, and it's a limb-driven rest that should be pretty simple to put on, but I don't know how to do it to the point where it's going to be exactly like how my current rest is. So I'm just waiting. When I when I get my bow restrung, I'll tell them, hey, go ahead and throw this rest on before it. I'll yeah. fix it. Well, shit, make the hour and a half drive. <laughs> but but that's the thing, is like JD is a guy that you can talk to for like five hours about most oh, yeah. stuff and he'll tell you everything you need to know. I mean, you know, I'm not saying that he knows everything, but he knows uh, enough. Uh, not, not everything. Yeah, nobody knows everything. But JD can get you hooked up. And like I said, if you want to get some arrows done, this goes out to everybody. Just hit me in the inbox on Facebook, Instagram, whatever. Hit him on Instagram. I think it's like Drawback Outdoors 18 or something like that. Yep. Um, and, dude, I, I still have a lot to say about this whole arrow thing. Um, there's a lot of okay. things that I've learned about, like, three-fledge, four-fledge, helical, left helical, right helical, bow, or arrows coming off strings, something that I never knew. Um, most, and I'll say this, and then we probably got to close it out, and we'll just do part two next week, but... Most strings, and this is coming from America's best bow strings, like one of their top guys. He said that yep. most strings, the arrow comes off clock left, like yep. knock left, which means it's clocking left. Why the and hell? Most your strings are clockwise. Yes, but most of them are not. Most strings come counterclockwise. So why that is, I don't know. But why the hell people are heli- are, are doing like offset or helical to the right? If it works, it works and keep doing it. But I've seen a lot of people, because all that does, it's not like it shoots your arrow to a different side or anything like that. All it does is, I've watched, I've watched videos too of this, where they've got a slow-mo camera and you've got a right helical and a left helical. And if you look at how this arrow comes off this string, when it's right helical, it's straight out to about two feet and then it starts spinning. You can see it fighting with itself, trying to turn, but it can't because it's yep. the airflow. You watch the left helical, that sucker's spinning before it, before it clears a riser. It it's instantly starts spinning. So I really kind of want to start a push for people to start doing left. If if that's how your bow is shooting it, you have to you have to bear shaft tune. And and I say that you never do, bear shaft tuning. But I, I notice the same thing that oh it's going to come off the arrow. It's going to come off the string left. Okay. Well, once I started shooting mine, I, I did some bear shaft tuning on it, and I figured out that mine was indeed going left but again like you said something with each bow is different yep because my hoyt i shot it with a left helical a straight three blade and then a right helical my right helicals are my best flying arrows i have well maybe maybe it's did you knock tune them yeah well, every maybe. single one of them has been knock tuned, and every single one of them, I could, I could go out there with a whole quiver right now, and as long as I had a spotlight out there on a target, <laughs> I could rip fletchings off every single one if I wanted to. What do we say about spotlighting? 
Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I, I get what you're saying. I mean, maybe but maybe your arrow just comes know. off right. And, and I'm not saying every single string does this. It's just the majority of strings on the market right now, from what this guy was saying. Now, I, again, I haven't tested this. I don't know. But based off what this dude from America's Best Bow Strings was saying, most arrows come off strings left instead of right. And I, I don't know why they decided to do the right. I mean, I've looked for like left helical stuff, and you can find it, but it's it's more difficult to find. Um, but yeah, you know, I mean, to, just to touch on that real quick, I know we gotta wrap it up. I did call uh, gas strings one time when I was trying to get some pricing. Yeah. And they told they were of course they didn't tell me, but they were asking me, oh, what you know, what rotation string do you want? I'm like, what? So that's when I started getting into that, and she was the lady that was telling me was telling from this is from Gas Strings, is all of their strings are clockwise. So because they're clockwise, the arrow comes off opposite. The arrow comes off clock or counterclockwise. Okay, so it's it comes off opposite of what the string is. It always comes off opposite of what the string is. Okay. See, I didn't know that. Like I said, guys, JD is a guy to talk to about bows. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not a bow tech by any means. So if you're if you're out there and you're bare shaft tuning and you notice that it's turning left, it's because you have clockwise strings. Well, see, we all just learned something. There you go. <laughs> cool, man. Well, look, I gotta get going. Um, we'll do part two next week, and we'll dive more into the arrow stuff. Probably hear me bitch and moan about more things. Um, cause I, I really, I, I think that there's a lot coming down the pipeline this year for both of us when it comes down to, you know, building stuff and season and just kind of getting out there. If anybody hasn't heard, we are going to be going to the 3d range with Jay Maxwell in March and we haven't figured out exactly which one JD mentioned something about doing the R100, um, I was kind of thinking we go out to the WMA that's closest to our house because Jay doesn't live that far from me. Uh, so we'll see. i got to talk to him about it. But be looking forward to that. He'll hopefully do a video so you guys can see all the all the you know fun that we're going to have and just buddies hanging out. But, um, oh, yeah. yeah, man, I really appreciate you coming on. Yeah, definitely. Cool. Well, we'll hit it next week. All right, man. All right, buddy. See ya. Bye. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Southeastern Bowhunter Podcast. Go give us a follow on Facebook, Instagram, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and our YouTube channel.